Welcome to Library Life, the podcast where we talk about all things library. And some things not. My name is Shana. And I'm Jenna. And this week we're talking about library rebranding. This week on the podcast, we're talking about library rebranding. This first came up because we, one of our friends emailed us a link to um, the Toronto Public Library and their new logo. Shout out to Abby yes. if you're listening. She's, she's not, I, she, I know she does user experience. I was going to say she's involved with graphic design, but I don't know if that's actually true. Sorry, Abby, you're going to have to correct this in real life. Yeah. I just know it's like something techy and impressive. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, so she came across that and she passed it an article along to us. And it kind of sparked our, well, my interest in mm-hmm. yours as well in the idea of library rebranding. So we're going to talk about the purpose of the rebranding. We're going to talk about some of the controversy that has popped up from the Toronto Public Library's new logo and we're also going to talk about the Seattle Public Library and their failed rebranding campaign. Oh, really? I didn't know that was going mm-hmm. to Yeah, so it. stay tuned. And of course, we'll do a reading break. And stay tuned for the tea. Yes, stay tuned for the tea. We'll do a reading break. And then the last little bit, we'll talk about our opinions slash feelings on rebranding because we have both experienced that in our libraries. Yep. So let's get into it. So I thought we should first talk about the purpose of rebranding. It's been really trendy the last, I don't know, maybe 10 years yes. or less Yeah. for libraries to rebrand themselves. And not just libraries, I think lots of other companies do mm-hmm. that too. I just thought of some very basic ideas around rebranding, so to better reflect what the library is about now. Uh-huh. I feel like that's also popped up in a lot of the like opinions and articles I was reading. Um, like, what do you mean? Like, oftentimes libraries will view their their logo or their, like, mission statement as something that's very dated. Um, that was maybe true 10, 20 years ago, but no longer right. it reflects all the library has to offer. So it's like the library is changing, so yes. they want to change their marketing, too. Exactly. And uh, obviously, from a more um, business-like aspect of it, is to, like, appeal to a new audience and to draw people into the library that may not have entered Been. the library before. And mm-hmm. they're hoping that they'll see this, like, shiny new, yeah, like, marketing campaign and logo and think, well, oh, I should check out the library. It's kind of interesting because, like, libraries in the past didn't have marketing departments. No. Or marketing staff or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting that, like, nowadays it's pretty much a core. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times the marketing department or staff also gets kind of tied up with the fundraising part too. Oh, for they're, sure. they're not like the same, but I feel like they work they come they closely go hand together. In hand. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then I put for purely aesthetic purposes. Yeah. Other the the colors might be dated, or the the picture okay, can we, chosen. Can we talk about? Can colors be dated? <laughs> is it okay? Here's my thought. This is kind of a rabbit hole, but um, let's go down it. Okay. So I feel like individual colors can't really be dated. I feel like it's the combination of colors Yeah, I was going to say it's dated. for sure the combination. Because, like, you know what I mean? Like, if you see that, like, mustard yellow and brown, you're going to think 70s. Yeah. But then if you just see mustard yellow... You think, oh, modern, cool, like, yeah. contemporary. Well, but I also feel like it depends, too, on, like, the furnishings, right? Yes. 
like the the context the color is in. Mm-hmm. But I feel like um, a color on its own, like how does a shade of the rainbow get dated? You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's kind of like I my... feel like certain colors come in and out of style. Yeah. And certain shades of the colors also come in and out of style. <laughs> yeah, I definitely feel like that's true. But I, at the same time, I'm like, whenever someone's like, oh, that color dated, I'm like, is it though, or is it the way it's used that's <laughs> <Yeah>. dated? <laughs> and I know that's so dumb, but yeah. I just, like, get stuck on that. Well, it's also, like, if you're looking at a physical object, maybe it's just, like, set damaged, so the color is literally faded. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Um, but I was thinking more along, like, yes, the color, but also maybe, like, the image that they chose yeah. in the past might not be as sleek as they yeah, as the modern, as like, they would like it. Well, I think, too, it, like, depends a lot on, like, the building as well that the library is in. Mm-hmm. The library that I work in put out their new rebranding after we had renovated mm-hmm. our library. So which we had, would make sense. Which makes a lot of sense. So we had a brand new building. Let's put out new mm-hmm. branding issues. I do feel like sometimes, too, the rebranding is used in lieu of a building renovation. Yeah. Like, I, obviously, it's not going to have the same effect. But it's like, oh, we slap a new logo and some new colors in here that's going to, like, freshen up our image, Mm -hmm. which is valid. So I feel like that's the purpose of a rebranding. So obviously the Toronto Public Library was thinking it's time to freshen things up. Yeah, well, and because the library has changed the types of services they offer, or not changed, but increased the type of services Mm -hmm. they offer over the years, and then they want, okay, that makes sense. They wanted to rebrand. Yes. So... Recently, they have unveiled their new logo and uh-huh. their new mission statement, if you will. The logo is now just TPL with a colon. We'll put a link to the page our, our friend sent us that shows us all the different yeah. um, variations of how to use the logo. And the T and the P have like are connected. And it's all lowercase and... Um, Sans serif font. Yes. And for all those people out there who like font. Yes, and the colon is in, as they call it, Toronto blue color. Okay. And <laughs> their mission statement is activate something great. So I'm just reading from the Toronto Public Library's website here about when they talk about what it means. So they say, the Toronto Public Library is a continuously evolving story, one that we all help to inform, create, and bring to life in new and inspiring ways. Our new identity recognizes our roots while looking to the future. So I say it's grounded in the written word. It's a promise, a connector, an advocate. It connects the breadth of TPL's offering with ever-changing needs of our city's peoples and community. It's flexible and adaptable to showcase the incredible range of programs, services, ideas, and information we have today and what's to come. So they go on to say that the typography is accessible and welcoming. <laughs> okay. I don't, sure. And our colors have been refreshed with a welcoming and cheerful new spin on quote-unquote Toronto blue, along with a complimentary palette of supporting colors. Is it bad that when I think Toronto blue, I just think the Toronto, like, blue jays or Toronto maple leaves? That's also what I thought of when I did it. So they go on to explain how they got there. So I guess for the past two years, they have under... They underwent a process that they call TPL Experience 360. Okay. So they basically, you know, asked the public and staff what they wanted the library to see. So that's their thing. Activate something great. The colon activates. Yeah. Different things. And then beside the TPL, the TPL is bigger than the Toronto Public Library. Mm -hmm. The text. Just look at a picture of it, people. I'm not going to try to explain it. (laughs) I know. We're not real 
typographist that can yeah <laughs> talk about i know what an like ampersand that. is mm-hmm. i know what kerning is but i feel like anyone knows what that is to, you know with internet culture whenever something gets released that's new or that has changed <laughs> there is always some backlash yeah um, especially in a big city like toronto oh for sure toronto <laughs> so i found this blog called blog to blog toronto i'm assuming and it's just basically talking about the Toronto Public Library's new rebranding thing. So they explain basically what I just explained about it. And Jen, if you're curious, that's what the old... Yeah, I know what the old one looks like. It has the two arches on top that I guess are referenced to some building near City Hall or at City Mm -hmm. Hall. I don't know Toronto that well. I'm sorry. So it goes on to say a a case study written by the company that designed the logo. Does Uh, it say what the company's name is? Trajectory. Ooh, how modern sounds. Yes. Um, it explained that the symbol is part of a larger comprehensive identity makeover for the Toronto Public Library. It was on to explain what the library has been doing with it. It talked about the, the tagline, activate something great. And what did they think about it, though? just says it's acts as a connector for all the diverse opportunities and experiences the library creates for individuals. So basically, like, what the library said. Yeah. So then as you read through the blog more, it's, like, interspersed or, like, tweets from different people. Uh-huh. So one person says, as it turns out, I do not like change. I feel like that's pretty... <laughs> Ubiquitous. Yeah. And then um, Brandy, three indoor cat, says, this looks an awful lot like the TPT logo for our PBS affiliate in... Um, Minnesota. Minnesota. And then they ask the question, so it's futuri- futuristic and accessible. This much is clear, but is the logo attractive? So then they go on to say that, obviously, there's a bunch of people that say, well, we like the old. The old one is better. Which I feel like you can't, like, unless there's reasons, it's, you can't really accept that because people just hate change. Exactly. So even if it was the greatest logo ever, they would be like, we hate this. Mm-hmm. So they have to have some, like, meat to that argument. So does anyone have anything? Yes. So there's two kind of issues with it. Okay. So one that people have is that they don't like that it's all lowercase. Yeah. I have to say that struck me right away. Another very trendy new thing to do is the lowercase. Mm-hmm. And they were like, why would the library that's filled with books... Do you have the tweet that the person said? Yeah. So they say, why would a library system willingly give up its capital letters? The people who frequent libraries are all for proper grammar, word usage, and punctuation. And this is a tweet from someone... This Sarah Peel. Sarah Peel. She's at Sarah P-L-U-S-O-N-E. Yes. Plus one. Oh. <laughs> I just spelled it out because I was like, what does that mean? Zero plus one. Oh, okay. <laughs> Which I feel like is a trend that, I don't want to say a trend, but an idea that a lot of people had about it was it's not gram- grammatically correct. Why would you give up your Why would a letters? place full of books choose yes, that? Exactly. And I will say, like, I mean, I haven't designed a lot of stuff, but like, I kind of have my iron in a lot of fires and I have done some posters and, you know, blog designs and stuff like that. And I have used lowercase letters, and I do think it is a valid design choice in some situations, but I feel like it looks a little weird. Yeah. Especially because it's, like, an acronym, where it's, like, Well, that's the other thing that people are, like, why... all capitalized. Yeah, why do we choose an acronym? Why is it lowercase? And they also didn't like the fact that since it got rid of the arches, which we don't live in Toronto, so we don't know... But I'm assuming that's like a significant. Yeah, I read that somewhere. Significant building, like I think it's close to City Hall. Yeah, 
or something like that. We're really well researched. On I know, podcast. right? It's so well researched. So they're like, why would you willingly give up something that very clearly represents Toronto, the Toronto area? But does it like the fact that we don't live in Toronto and we're like, what are those arches for? Like, I wouldn't have known unless I saw it, like in the article. Whereas, like, I would recognize, like, you know, that Toronto sign that's all lit up. Mm-hmm. They have in their little thing. Yeah. Uh, apparently, they're getting rid of it. I saw this random article, or maybe I heard it on the radio. That, like, some little town who has, like, almost all the letters in it. Except for the T's. Yeah. Toronto or something. They uh, were asking if they could have the letters. <laughs> but you see, like, something like that. Like, that's iconic. Or the CN Tower. Or, yeah. You know. But I don't know how you fit that into a logo, but. Mm-hmm. And I feel like a lot of people were also thinking, like, yes, it's trendy. It's trend, But it's trendy now. Like, is it how is last? this, this going to stand up for another, like, ten years? Mm-hmm. Um, so that was what a lot of people were thinking about it. I was scrolling through a lot of tweets. So there is obviously people who like it. Uh-huh. Of course there is. And Well, one, the library liked it. The library liked it, as this, as the blog says. It says, some people do like the logo, however, including the people who make decisions at Toronto Public Library, obviously. Uh, the library has said, our new identity recognizes our roots while looking to the future. When I was scrolling through, uh, just searched on Twitter, for the tweets to see what people were for thinking about it. Um, I did, there was one one tweet and I thought it was humorous. And I didn't save it, which I don't know why I didn't, but I didn't. So generally the person was like, why are you so worked up over this little change? Like, there's yeah. so much other things you could be worried about. Worried about. And like, what's the big deal? Yeah. Like, like are you just going to stop using the library because they changed the, the, logo. the sign on the door? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's. One of those weird things, not to hijack your presentation, oh my God. but I was reading too about the idea of the colon and how it's like a colon in the sense of how you would regularly use a colon, but also it's like a symbolic meaning. Mm-hmm. You know what it makes you think of? You know those videos that Wired does, you know, Wired, the mm-hmm. YouTube channel, where they do like tech support? Oh, yeah. But then it's like, instead of like the tech, it like scrolls through. Yeah, yeah. And it's, like, got the colon, and it changes all the different things. Yeah. That's what it kind of reminds me of, where it's, like, TPL. And then instead of, like, Toronto Public Library, they're going to, like, spin the wheel, and it's going to be, like, so, community center, art gallery. Yeah. So funny blah, blah, that you blah. say that, because I watched their little YouTube video about their whole rebranding their thing. Their presentation thing. And they do that a lot in it. Oh, do and they? And it's just, like, they... And it's, like, the scroll through it all, and it's, like, ESL, children's programming, like, all the different uh-huh. things that the library offers. So I feel like they are, the library is trying to make a logo that can be accessible for all different resources and different things that happen in the library that you can easily format it to fit. Yeah. Which is their purpose behind it. Okay, so here's kind of how I fall on the colon. I think, like, cool idea, a way of using grammar. But at the same time, I'm like, why do you want to get rid of the part that says Toronto Public Library? Yeah. Like, I understand a TPL means the same thing, but to me, it's adding, like, one more barrier to figure out what What it means. Yeah. When we, sometimes I've found, if I say to someone, oh, I work at, you know, whatever PL, or, Mm -hmm. like, when you just use the acronym, people are like, what? What's that? What is that? Like, if they don't know, if they aren't familiar with that, Mm -hmm. and I feel like the TPL thing... On my head, I keep wanting to be like, stop trying to make fetch happen. Like, <laughs> it's like, stop trying to make TPL happen. Yeah. And, I mean, let me, like, preface all this by saying that I don't hate this logo. Like, I don't have, I'm not, like, so at work. <laughs> she said, I'm not getting a rash over this logo. 
<laughs> so um i feel the same way like it's like i don't feel strongly one way or the other but i it's something that i've seen some other libraries do as well where they take out the library parts i get it why you're doing that but i feel like that's not the right yeah like that's not how like rebranding yourself doesn't mean like getting rid of the old stuff totally uh, yeah i would agree with that i feel like a lot of times they're like oh we don't need to reflect what the library is about and i'm like yes but you also need to remember like what made the library what it is yeah and it's also like you got to reshape what the word library means exactly and you can't do that by taking taking the word library out out. yeah so i feel like that's my bit of my gripe with the tpl being like the main thing Mm -hmm. like like, it makes sense for like design purposes yes um like on one of the pages like they had all those little circles with the different colors behind Mm -hmm. it and tpl in it for small things like that makes perfect sense yeah I and like when you do logo design you have to be able to have something that's small enough that you can put it really small on the bottom of a page or on the corner mm-hmm. of a business card and it still be recognizable yeah so like i get the point of that with the tpl and like why you would want to use that but it seems a little odd to me that the toronto public library part seems like it's understated in all of it yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, I also don't hate this logo, and but at the same time, I feel like we don't really have any vested interest in the That's right. in yeah, the I'm Toronto just... Public Library. Like, we don't live in Toronto, we don't frequent the library, we've never worked in the Toronto Public Library. Yeah. So, I mean, for us, we're just looking in on this situation, and I kind of feel like the same thing as the random tweet that I found. Like, Who are what's the, the big deal? Yeah. Like, is this going to stop you from using the library? No. I do have to say, I like the idea of the colon, where it's like, look at all these other things we offer. Yeah, activate something, right? Yeah, like, I think that's an interesting enough idea. Mm-hmm. Like, marketing is always, con- never really feels organic, and that's yeah. just marketing. Like, that's just the way it goes. It's not, like, I always think of Mad Men, where like, coming up with these super emotional pitches <laughs> and, like, commercials and advertisements. And I'm like, in real life, that's not how marketing is. It's manufactured to make you think something. Yes. And that's fine. Like, that's the, it's a job. It's like a, it's like judging the book by its cover. It's okay to do that because that's what the cover's there for. Exactly. But I just feel like, I feel like it was a good idea, but just kind of like executed a little poorly. Yeah. And also, I do feel like just in a visual way, do you feel like it's a little unbalanced? Like the TPL and the colon feels very heavy and the Toronto Public Library feels like it's like a little light yeah especially the colon i feel like feels really big yes i feel like they really emphasize the the colon which i like i get get. but at the same time it's like i get it yeah oh but in terms of positive things i did quite like the little circles with the colors Mm -hmm. on the page that abby sent us with like the official like graphic design type page like especially the ones like the solid colors look nice but the ones with, like, the other pictures and stuff behind I thought looked quite nice as well. Although I, now I'm looking at it again, and that colon just seems like it's too big. <laughs> like, I feel like since the P and the, the line, of, the cross on the T, it should be lining up with those. Yeah. Like, I want to go in there and just, like, shrink it a wee bit. <laughs> now, maybe that's just my perfectionism, but, like, maybe it's just the way it's looking on this website. Maybe. But it looks like that top circle of the colon is, like, above the top of the P. Yeah. I do think those are nice. And I do, I I will say, like, the old logo was looking a little, you know, it didn't look bad, but I mm-hmm. can see why they thought it was time for a change. The cover of their little, like, magazine things look quite nice. And it does look good, like, they have a picture mm-hmm. here of, the bil- of it in the building with the window, and I think that, oh, looks, that looks nice. nice. So I don't hate it, but I just feel like it's just meh. 
Yeah, but I, I agree. I think it's an interesting discussion about the TPL logo because it is a clear demonstration of this idea of this, I think, is an ongoing question of do we stick with library mm-hmm. or do we change it completely? Like, should we be calling ourselves not a library? How loyal do we be, be to, to the that word library? Language? I've told this before on the podcast, I'm sure, but when I was at OLA earlier this year, the CEO of the Vancouver Public Library said this thing, and I cannot, I haven't stopped thinking about it all year because it's made an impact on me, but she talked about how she really hates it when people, uh, even library people say, more than just books, because she says it undercuts the value of books Mm. in the library, and she prefers if you say books and more. Yes. And, like, build the foundation on the books. And I think in a lot of ways people think library and they think books. And that's not even a bad thing. It's not. I think a lot of this marketing operates on the assumption that people don't people like don't books, want books or find books boring or... Because, but I think they do. And the stats show that they still do want the books. Yeah. So I just think that plays into a lot of this idea... Ideolo- blah, blah, blah. Ideas. Yes. I don't I would agree with that. Um, yeah, I think we're so, sometimes we can get so focused on thinking, how can we prove that the library is still relevant and still cutting edge? And we always think technology we can put in, make our stuff, yeah. which is not bad. It's good. It's the library, good stuff. it is good stuff. It's good. The library is providing like services like that and developing skills for people. But I think it's also, as you said, important to remember that the library is because of books. And the pursuit of knowledge. Like, yeah. And that has a, still has a big role to play. Yeah. Reading break. This week on Reading Break, I have two things to share. One is a book that I just finished. It was, I talked about it in the last episode. Uh, when you read this, <laughs> I had to think of the title, <laughs> by Mary Adkins. I read the paper copy of this book, and this is the one I was, if you listen to the last episode, you'll know it's about a girl who dies, and she leaves a note for her boss to publish her blog as a book, and it's all told back and forth with, like, emails and text messages and all that mm-hmm. stuff. So I thought you might be interested in hearing the conclusion, because I think last week I was just a little You were bit, a little unsure. Yeah. And I have to say, it was definitely gimmicky, no denying that, mm-hmm. but it was nice. Like, I solid three stars, or 3.5 maybe even. Hmm. The plot was kind of, like, loose, but I kind of didn't hate that. Because, I mean, like, sometimes with the romance books, it's really, like... Far-fetched. Yeah. Really, like, and there's lots yeah. of coincidence, and I don't know mind that. Like, I like that, mm-hmm. and that's what the genre does. But this book was just a little, like, more mellow with some hmm. stuff. Some stuff was not mellow at all, and I don't know if it's because you felt very removed from the characters because of the... Because it, w- it was all told. Through their emails yeah. and stuff. Like, you didn't actually get to see them having the conversation, but you got to hear about it after. Mm-hmm. So in some ways, it did make you feel a little removed from the characters. But in other ways, I liked it. Like, it was different and nice. I will say some of the stuff I just skipped over because it was like, I understand what you're doing and it's like adding flavor to the book, but I'm like, I don't care. Hmm. Like, there was stuff where she would write to her therapist and then, like, there'd be a bounce back email where it would be like, like a little thing where it'd be like, oh, your out tip. of the office, or yeah, well, yeah, but it'd be like your tip for the day is to always be breathing or whatever, like some yeah. kind of like tip to go with from the therapist. And it's, I get that it's supposed to be kind of ironic or it's supposed to like add some sort of symbolic meaning mm-hmm. for like our flavor to the book. Yeah, 
But I was just like, don't care. Like, I just skipped over those. Mm-hmm. But most of the other stuff I didn't skip over. So I thought it was good. And then the other book, in a similar vein, I've been reading a lot of, like, random little romance things. Hmm. Which I sometimes... Oh, so you're kind of reading more of a book than I like. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but I do that sometimes in the summer. It's yes. It's like kind yeah, of the yeah, end yeah. of the summer, I guess. It's not even summer anymore, but I listen to One Day in December on oh, audiobook. Oh, you were telling me about this, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's like such a classic romance book where it's like she sees him from the bus window and he's at the bus stop and they meet eyes and she wishes she would have got off. So she spends like a year looking for this dude and then it turns out that her her roommate... It, ends up being her boyfriend. Oh, and, yes, like classic. Drama ensues. And they, like, have this, like, decades-long romance. It reminds me so much of, like, if you read Miss You. Oh, yeah, yeah. Or One Day. Mm-hmm, very... Those, like, yeah. those love stories where it's, like, we just can't quite We get can't get each other up. And, because, like, yeah. we have... Our lives are in different places, and it's just not the right timing. Mm-hmm. So, like, we'll just see each other once in a while, and, like, the book skips ahead, like, years at a time. Okay. So it's very much like the boy can't quit. Like, even though you've never been in a relationship with him, but you can't just quite give up on Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought you were referencing, like, a book or something, and I'm like, I've never heard of that. No, no. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's one of those. And I'm like, it was actually really quite good. The guy's kind of a jerk, but I was like, eh, for what, for what it was. Yeah. I just have, like, I think I have, like, five minutes left of the audiobook to listen to. And I will say, it was definitely engaging, and I wanted to listen to it. So props for that. And it was... For what for the genre, I thought it was good. If you like that stuff, go, give it a go. Yeah, that was one day in December, and it's by. I'm just pulling up the audiobook now. Josie Silver. Hmm. What are you reading? Okay, so I'm actually listening to The Heist by Jenna Ivanovich and Lee Goldberg. Do you like those books? I didn't even know you read those. So this is my first Jenna Ivanovich. I thought. Did you not read um, One for the Money? Is that what it's called? Did I read one for the money? It's the one the book, the movie was based off yeah, of. I don't think I did. I thought we had a paperback of that. And I remember seeing that. Did we not? Did you just never read it? Uh, probably. Okay, anyways. Um, I've, yeah, so I've never read Jenna, Jenna Ivanovich. And very popular. She is very popular. So I felt like, uh, I was scrolling through Libby looking for, like, yeah. a popular audiobook that had been returned. And I was like, oh, you know what? I'll give her a try. And this is not her, um, series that you were talking about, like, the one for the money. Yeah. So this is another series that she writes with Lee Goldberg. Is that like a ghostwriter or is that like an actual co-writer? Co-writer. Are you sure? Uh, I think so. Doesn't Lee, Lee Goldberg sound very familiar to me? That's why I'm wondering if it's a ghostwriter. Like, you know how James Patterson will be like, with Maxine Pedro or whatever. Mm. Anyways. No, it says, and best-selling author Lee Goldberg. Oh, okay. Um, so which he's, makes... he's popular in his own right. Yes. Okay. Yeah, so the book is a very fun take on it reminds me a ton of like like oceans 11 oh yeah i like 12 yeah so it's like the two main characters like you have kate who's the fbi agent and nicholas who is the con artist oh it's like white collar very similar to white collar as well kind of mishmashes a bunch of like the the type of tropes from those type of i'm all about that yeah so it's very much like she's been chasing him for for like five years and then she like finally catches him and then it turns out he like um, Turns out deal with they're the in FBI. love. Yeah, basically. Well, except not in not in this one because there's they're like in love. there's like five books, I think. Oh, there's five books. Are they already all out? Yeah. Maybe I should read um, them. Yeah, I thought it's it's very fun, and it's I did find it it dragged a little bit in the middle where they're like 
meeting all the people who are going to be part of the next book. The heist. Oh, I see. So the whole premise is that... Where in, like, the Oceans movies, it's like... It's um, like a quick montage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) So instead, it's, like, chapters of, like, each different character. So I have kind of was, like, finding myself in the middle, like, thinking, okay, let's just get to get to it let's get to the heist like it was nice to like learn about the different like the characters that are on the team yeah. and everything and i thought it was very fun the whole idea is that nicholas uh, made a deal with the fbi that he will help them find and catch bigger criminals yeah that's classic very classic white collar where it's like but are they gonna betray me i don't know yeah basically right so then the whole and then kate is obviously she gets partnered with him and they have to you know Run this con on this guy that made off with like 150 million dollars from good citizens. Oh, and taxpayers' yeah. money. Taxpayer, yeah. So basically, it's it's a fun like romp through, you know, all the different things. And are you gonna read the next one? I think so. I mean, I'm not like, oh, I gotta read the next book in the series. But it's like that was pleasant. It's enough. it is pleasant. I'm like I'm 85 percent done mm. done this one, and I. Like, the reason why I would read the next one is because, like, I obviously they are going to get together. And you want to see them get together. And I want to, like, pursue, like, watch their relationship grow. And also, I think they keep the same, like, people that, like, their crew, I think, sticks with them for the other. So, I found the crew was, like, the supporting characters were good. They were, like, well-developed. So, they Mm -hmm. didn't feel, like, two-dimensional. Like, we're just here to to do all this. But, yeah. So, I would probably, like, if I was going to rate it, would probably give it. Three and a half to four stars. Okay, great. Maybe I'll try it. Yeah, you would probably really like it. It's very fun and it's... Okay, I definitely will try it. it. I will say that it can be at times like a little dated. You when can did tell. It come out? Um, that is a good question. In 2013. Oh, I can see that. Then. So like when I say dated, I mean like some of the fashion that they talk... Because they talk about... Because Kate has to be like a fancy person and like... Right play an heiress and so some of the fashion that they talk about i'm like ooh, that's very early like 2010s not in fashion anymore exactly so stuff like that it's a little dated and like yeah. the, te- the tech is also like slightly yeah dated. but not enough that it took me out of the story there well I, was, like, I also feel like with like books like that where they're gonna be like huge bestsellers they're not really meant they're to not. be timeless yeah exactly so i get that so i mean it's a fun romp you would probably also really cool really enjoy it cool 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 but yeah that's what we're reading. <laughs> okay, now that we're back from our reading break, why don't you tell me about the Seattle Public Library thing? I was quite intrigued when you mentioned that at the beginning of the episode. Yeah, so as I was Googling and finding more things out. Wait, did we talk about the Seattle Public Library way back in one of the early episodes? I think so. Were they the people who were going to do the 24-hour library? <laughs> Wasn't that Chicago? I thought that was Seattle. Okay, well. Hang on. I'm going to look at the show notes from the other episodes. I was going to say, wow, Seattle Public Library. You're just like all the, all up in everyone's business. Um, Let me look it up. You start talking. Yeah. So as I was researching the Toronto Public Library rebranding, I came across an article on Publishers Weekly uh-huh. titled Lessons from Seattle's Failed Bid to Rebrand Its Public Library. And I was like, Oh. <laughs> This is a good thing to read about. So basically, it talks about how the... Salt Lake City. Ah, sorry. Got the S's mixed up. I was going to say, what is the coincidence? Yeah, so this article is from 2015. 
basically talks about how in the previous year, the Seattle Public Library hired a mega corporated brand strategist, their words, <laughs> Hornell Anderson. Okay. I guess he's done Starbucks, Frito-Lay, and so he's a fancy... It's a fancy firm. Fancy firm. So basically, they paid all this money, revealed it to the public. Basically, the way they handled it was not well. Like, they didn't tell the public that they were thinking about doing a rebranding. Oh, so they didn't ask for, like, input and stuff? Not really, until they had like unveiled their proposed until they had printed it on like a million things <laughs> they hadn't like quite gone that far but they had been like here is what the image is gonna look like oh it wasn't like uh what do you think it should be it was like this is it take it or leave it yeah and then they were put on this and they got a huge blowback from that because they had already at this point spent three hundred and sixty five hundred thousand dollars wow on paying this company to rebrand. And it was proposed that it was going to take an additional $1.7 million. Oh my goodness. Does that include... Okay. What I would like to see is the breakdown of, like, what is the fee of the design firm? Yeah. And what is the fee of having to reprint everything? Do you know what I mean? Like, put up your new signs and all that. hmm So, it's interesting because Publishers Weekly, the article talks about how that they actually do need a rebranding of their logo. It's what not like... What does this logo look like? Sorry, I uh, want to know. Is there not a picture in the article? I don't think there was a picture. Well, that's dumb. No, it doesn't look like it. Okay, I'm going to look it up. You look it up while we do this. So basically, the writer of this article proposed that since nothing salacious or, like, big change had happened recently, he thinks that people were just... They were just upset about change? About change... So he talks about how, like how obviously how much money this is going to be and how he sets this line, Americans expect public libraries not to operate like corporations. Hmm. If a library can raise $2 million, the public would prefer it to be spent on hours, materials, and services. It doesn't matter where the money comes from. Oh, so like this is a, a case of why aren't you using this money for something more important? Exactly. According to him, library officials managed to write about the rebranding effort without ever really saying anything. Yeah, which I think... Which is very po- common. A, a trend. Yes. Just based on that bit we read about the TPL. Libraries quoted by saying, the purpose of this Seattle Public Library proposed rebrand initiative is to establish a new brand strategy. Like, what does that say? Nothing. Nothing. What year was that article out? 2015. So he goes on to say, like, if he lived there, he would be wondering, would this make the library better? And they... And he goes on to say, unfortunately, they never actually, like, explained it in clear English, and then it showed... And then it says, according to the media reports of the 14,000 plus library public survey responses, 70% said the rebranding wouldn't help the library. And then he talks about how the administrators did not invest nearly enough time in communicating the need for its rebranding. And the public, as I said previously, was not given much say in how things were handled. Yes. Okay, so look. I'm looking at the logos on my phone right now, like that were the failed logos. Yeah. I don't think they're that bad. Like, can you see them? Mm-hmm. They're basically just geometric structures. Um, there's a couple different versions of it, but they're all these little, like, Seattle Public Libraries is stacked up yeah. in gray font, sans serif, very nice looking, I think. And then there's, like, this geometric structure, and it looks like the geometric stru- structure is, like, the shape of the city of Seattle. Oh, But see. it's kind of, like, up and down shape. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at it, and I don't think that looks like... Bad. Like, you know how sometimes you look at something like, whoa, that's rough. No wonder yeah. they didn't like it. I don't see anything wrong with that. So I feel like 
my the gist from this article is not that public thought it looked bad but they were like surprised that this is happening and then questioning why the library was spending like was going to spend two million dollars on this rebranding project when it could be spent on like better services more material it sounds like this was about money not about looks yeah which i can definitely understand because, like, the looks actually look quite nice. And, oh, it looks like I'm just looking at this article again. The map is, like, showing the library branches, like, kind of oh, that's cool. spread out and connected with lines. But, yeah, the, the $2 million, like, yeah. that's insane. Like, I mean, it isn't, it isn't. Because, like, mm-hmm. I know that these things cost a lot of money. Oh, yeah. But at the same time, it's, like, it's just hard to see that kind of money being thrown around when the libraries are always scrambling for more money. Exactly. Oh, yes, this last paragraph I thought was really interesting. So it says, finally, librarians must always keep in mind that whatever it is we are proposing, it has to be about creating a better library for the public. When patrons learn about a new library initiative, they're not interested in how our work is changing or how libraries are transforming. They are looking to see their needs, hopes, and dreams reflected back to them. And if we are not doing that, not only will we see our proposals fails, we'll soon be out of business. Hmm. That's interesting. That's what I was like. Hmm. I think the interesting case about Seattle is that it's, like, all about how it's framed. Yes. Because I'm sure that these, like, I'm sure the trial Hulk library thing cost a ton of money, too. Oh, definitely. With the Seattle issue, it sounds like it got picked up by someone who wrote this big op-ed on it. Yeah. And then that's when everyone got outraged. Because mm-hmm. that wouldn't surprise me if Toronto spent $2 million on redesigning no. their logo. That wouldn't surprise me either. And, yeah. like, I don't, I'm not here to discuss what the value of marketing is. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, I don't know. And I understand that money has to be made and, mm-hmm. you know, capitalism, blah, blah, blah. But I can understand the outrage when it's like, well, why isn't our money being spent with this? Yeah. I feel like a lot of it comes down to the fact that the public was not included in the planning processes. Uh-huh. And then it wasn't explained in. clearly what their vision and mission was about mm-hmm. this new logo. I think that's actually kind of an interesting point that the guy brought up, our lady whoever wrote the article, brought up at the end of it, where it's like, does it actually help the public to have a rebranded? Yeah. Had to do a rebranding. Like, does and, it better the library? And it's kind of interesting because I feel like for the customers that are already a part of the library, it doesn't no. really affect them. Exactly. Like, they might be like, oh, that looks cool. I'm going to buy a new book bag with the yeah. new logo on Get it. Get a new library card. Like, <laughs> Yeah. But for the existing customers, no. It's, like, all about drawing in customers. New customers. Yeah. Because most people, once they are part of the library, they're part of the library. Like, they buy yeah. in, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, people... You don't even have like, to buy in. Like, it's free. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, they... Like, even if it's just for, like, a year or two years or the five years that your kids are, yeah. like, young. Like, you're still invested in the library. Well, and I feel like a lot of people, too, don't get, like, what the library offers until they come in the doors, which is what you want mm-hmm. your rebranding to do is bring people in. Yes. But, like, I have to wonder how... If you were someone who didn't use the library... Mm-hmm. Would you go in just because I have a new logo? If I just saw a picture of it, maybe not. But I feel like also it would be... Like, I think it has to be in tandem with, like, outreach events. Or yeah, some sort of outreach that. activity. Yeah. And I think that's really where you see people coming in. Like, the logo and stuff, like, you want to have a fresh mm-hmm. fresh look and you don't want to look dated. Like, that's all good and fine. 
But I think sometimes we put, like, too much emphasis on the rebranding. Yes. Like, I'm not trying to be cynical, and I really like the rebranding that the libraries I've worked in have Mm -hmm. done. Like, I don't have any issues with it. Yeah. Like, there's stuff, of course, that I'm like, well, I would have done it this way. But, like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't have that much effect on my everyday life. But what I do see, like, the movers and shaking and, like, people coming in into the library is when we go out and, like, Mm -hmm. we had a picnic in the park. Or, you know, we did this big expo or... We did participated in this community event, and people yeah. come up and like, oh, I didn't realize the library did that. Mm-hmm. Like that's where I feel like the real outreach is happening. Yeah, I agree. So I feel like people aren't against rebranding the library; they just want to know like, how is this going to affect the library experience? Mm-hmm. Like, how does this make the library better, and how can I better access your resources? Yeah, like I feel like they don't really care about. Like, as this last paragraph said, like, the how the library works or, like, how this is going to make... They don't care about how it affects staff. Yeah, basically. <laughs> True <laughs> um, that. Which, I mean, <laughs> it's, like, fine. That's how it is. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. Like, I don't want to, like, come down cynical on this no. because I'm not cynical of rebranding. Like, and I do think marketing has value and that your flyers and stuff yes. should look good. Yeah. And I think and it's, it's and... pretty easy to make things look decent if you put the effort in. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it costs that much money. No. Rebranding is a whole other thing. But in terms of just day-to-day publications, like it's, there's so many like free resources and stuff you yeah. can use online to make a poster or make your program guide or whatever. Mm-hmm. Even if you have no money, you can do that. And I think it's about like not getting stuck in the past, right? Yeah. So I feel like... It's a very, it's a visual representation of where the library wants to go mm-hmm. in the future. Mm-hmm. And I do think that that has, like, symbolic value. Oh, for sure. I just don't think it's the only value. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, so I feel like it's it goes hand in hand. Yeah. I just, like, think we gotta be careful not to think rebranding is gonna change stuff yeah. when there's, like, issues at an actual ideological standpoint. Mm-hmm. Not, I'm not saying that's how I feel about <laughs> our libraries here that we yeah. att- we deal with, but I'm just saying in general, you can't think that slapping, slapping a new logo on something is actually going to change it. We have to put the effort right in into it, yeah. to like do programming that's new and innovative and like have fresh collections and good public mm-hmm. service, all that stuff. Yeah. I feel like it's all that comes down to trust, like the trust that the, cu- the public has mm-hmm. in the library and the trust the staff have in the library. Yeah. And if that's there, then you can propose, like, a new logo or a new way of doing things, Mm -hmm. and people will automatically have at least some level of trust in you and will be willing to listen and to learn. Yeah, yeah. I think that's true. Wise words. So, if you like this episode or want to react to it, feel free to send us an email or reach out to us on Twitter. You can find us at LibraryLifePod. Um, our email address is librarylifepodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at librarylifepod. And, uh, yeah, we like to hear from you. Oh, and I keep saying this, but, like, for real. Send us your cues. Send us your cues so we so can A them. That's not bad. <laughs> that means questions and answers for people who didn't listen to the other episodes where we talked about it. Uh, that By the time this episode is out, there will be a post on Twitter and Instagram where you can comment with your questions. And if you go to our Anchor website, which is anchor.fm slash library life, you can leave us a voicemail message mm-hmm. that we'll play in the episode we do for Q&As. 
and uh, that'll be upcoming uh, before the end of this season of podcast episodes. This concludes episode 13 of Library Life. May the good books be long and the bad books be short. Until next time.